the spirit is blowing. Are you feeling it? Wow. Oh my goodness. Kristen Chenoweth has nothing on you. Okay. Oh my goodness. Wow. We stand in amazement at the gifts of the spirit. Amen. Even Jim Bays and fish bones. What do, what do you call that instrument? What is it? Guiro. Guiro? Guiro. There's something like that. Something like that, yeah. And the choir filling me up. Oh, my goodness. Oh, y'all. I hope you're feeling filled full. It's been, Pentecost is my very favorite, favorite, favorite Sunday to preach. In fact, when I was leaving Providence, the church, as you heard Kim introduce, my very last Sunday, I was like, I know what Sunday I want it to be. Pentecost Sunday. So it's a special, beautiful day, and obviously for all the people who have gifts in these visual arts, and the children, wasn't that fun? And the bells, and oh, oh, come Lord Jesus, the Jesus of fire and wind, the Spirit is with us. However, I am not preaching about hope. <laughs> I just sort of am, actually, but that's not the title of the sermon. I'll let you figure out the title of the sermon. But as Spirit is wont to do, I had come to this weekend with a sermon. And at about, you know, five in the morning, Spirit wakes me up. I was like, mm, scrap that. So. If we have ears to hear, <laughs> I want to ask you a question to start. What is saving your life right now? What is saving your life? This was a question asked by a host to Barbara Brown Taylor, who was coming to speak to a group. And she loved the question so much, she has made it a practice to ask this on a frequent basis. What is saving your life? Now, many of us know the things that are diminishing it, that are killing our soul, that are slowly creating this crumbling sense of who we are. Maybe it's the news. Y'all been hearing any good news lately on the TV, on the interwebs? Or perhaps it's our own anxiety from our everyday. Maybe it's our place of employment or the lack thereof. Maybe it's our aging parents that we're tending to. Perhaps it's our health, the troubles of aging, or maybe those children at home that are full of spirit. But it seems like we have a harder time identifying what 
is saving us. In her book, Leaving Church by Barbara Brown Taylor, she says, Salvation is so much more than many of its proponents would have us believe. Salvation is a word for the divine spaciousness. Divine spaciousness that comes to human beings in all the tight places where their lives are at risk. Sometimes it comes as an extended human hand and sometimes as a bolt from the blue. But either way, it opens a door in what looked like a wall. I don't think we understand the tight places these disciples were in on that Pentecost morning. We love to, you know, jump right into Acts, but two, and yet we skip that little first chapter. There's only so much we can read, right, Connie? (laughs) To have ears to hear. But a little context, Luke is the writer of Acts, and in the end of Luke, and then here right in the beginning of Acts, Luke has told us, these disciples are on an emotional roller coaster. I don't think we have found the gravity of what they have been through. Imagine it, their beloved rabbi, Jesus, teacher, whom they've left everything for three years, their home, their families, their, their livelihoods, to follow this man. And in a short number of days, he is taken and crucified. Imagine the feelings they must have had, abandonment, hopelessness, curiosity, but deep, deep grief in those first three days. But lo and behold, Jesus does rise from the dead, and I imagine it like ants poked in an anthill, like, They start running out and screaming and thrilled. He's alive! But only for 40 days. They only have 40 precious days with their master. And then, as Luke tells us, Jesus takes them while at dinner and tells them, I have some special instructions. Don't leave Jerusalem, he says, because I have a gift I have promised you. The Holy Spirit. But that gift comes at a very great cost to them. In almost the next breath, as they're standing outside, Jesus ascends into the heavens. A cloud hid them from their eyes. You know, we've read that so many times, and we even, you know, have a a day in the church calendar for Ascension Sunday. And I don't think, again, that we sense the pain and loss of that emotional arc that they've been through. 
In just a matter of months, their hearts have not been crushed once, but twice. They don't even have time to process their grief. So all they do is the next right thing. Jesus tells them, what? Stay. Stay and listen. If ever there was a tight place for the disciples, it is now. They are soul sick, soul tired, and yet the call for them is like to us. Stay. Sit and listen. And so all of us together, they're in one place. And then like a, a violent rushing wind They feel something. They start feeling it. I imagine that the hairs on their arms are tingling. They know something big is happening. And then, if that wasn't spectacular enough, something like tongues of fire dancing. And we don't dance, right? But there's dancing of these tongues. And you can imagine them swept up in this moment. The divine spaciousness that would enter their tight places. And they were filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that language is really, really important. They were filled out of their emptiness of grief. How many of you have been in a place in the landscape of loss? Okay, okay let's see. Yeah. We are living in turbulent times. It's a little echo from the retreat. And yet, we have the gift to fill us in our emptiness. And so as they were filled, they start speaking in various languages. And there was a crowd that had been gathered because 50 days after Passover, the Jews celebrate the Festival of Weeks. And it just so happened that all these people from Judea, speaking multiple languages, I know you can pronounce all of them, they had gathered. And all of a sudden, the scripture says they were utterly amazed. They're speaking in my language. I can understand. Why do we focus on Pentecost as the power and miracle of tongues and forget that there was someone had the power and miracle to hear the language being spoken? And then I love it. Someone with a more logical bent, I, I'm sure in this community, the logical folks come around and say, well, what does all this mean? What does this mean? And so Peter launches into this spirited speech saying, listen, or I love the version Connie read, give ear to what I say. And then he says, listen again, the verb listen. Listen to this. This is what the prophet Joel says. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit, 
on all people. All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will keep dreaming dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will have a new word. They will prophesy. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There it is. There's the word saved, salvation, the divine spaciousness in the tight places. I will pour out my spirit, my breath. In Hebrew, the word spirit also means breath and wind. And I love that responsive reading we did. I, I will breathe the breath of abundance. I will breathe the breath and blessing. I knew there was another B. I will breathe the breath and blessing of abundance. You will breathe again. If you are out of breath, raise your hand. Okay, I'm the only asthmatic here, apparently. If you're out of breath, you will breathe again. And if you don't feel like you're dreaming any dreams, I think that's another Broadway song for another week. <laughs> there will be dreams. You will dream again. If you hear it. If you hear the wind. The Holy Spirit. Well, if you're like me, growing up Baptist, I actually grew up Southern Baptist, well, we didn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? You know, the Holy Spirit was sort of like the black sheep of the Trinity. It was sort of like, yeah, you're there, we, we mention you, but you're a little mysterious. I mean, there's questions surrounding the Spirit, like, what did it do, or, well, is it even an it, or, I mean, we can diagram the days of creation with Creator God, flannel board, please. I mean, we can map out the days that Jesus was on the earth, but when it comes to the Spirit, we know that the Spirit is boundaryless and like the wind. As Christ says, it blows where it will. And if you're like me as a child, I heard the Holy Spirit interchangeably with the Holy Ghost. What is this spirit, this unknown? And in the hymnal, if you look up the spirit portion, at least this hymnal I grew up, it was like relegated to like 10 hymns of the spirit. If we get too deep into this spirit thing, we might be fringy. 
or dare I say, Pentecostal. But the very truth is the very reason we are apprehensive of the spirit, this boundarylessness, the mystery in the wind, is the very reason it's the only thing that can save our life right now. It is the breath, the spirit that can come. It's the only thing that can meet us in those tight places. It's the only thing that can get through and crack us wide open. Because we are wound tight. We are tight. We're worried about too many things. Man, have you seen the gas prices? We can't find baby formula. People are getting slaughtered left and right. I mean, the, the... Enormity is beyond human comprehension. Global suffering is not to be held in one human heart. We are out of breath. We're going too fast. And our politics, you know, I've got to get that in there, right? They've consumed us about who is right and who is wrong, and woe is me, our religion has exhausted us about who is in and who is out. And I hear Peter saying, listen, 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 be still and know Be still and know that I am God, the psalmist said. Be still and know that I'm doing a new thing, Revelation says. Be still and know that I and I alone have the power to move in and through those tight places and bring you rest. So look out for dreamers and visionaries and prophesiers and women in the pulpit. That's what I was told. Until I found Acts 2. This was the linchpin for me who said I cannot be a pastor. I shut my mouth. And listen. A story goes that a wise man once said, Don't just do something, sit there. We are called in this moment and the gravity of this moment to be still and know, to listen to the winds of God, the winds of change. What is saving your life right now? How is the divine spaciousness moving in your tight places? We value speaking so much in our world. We long to be heard and we love to speak. And we are woefully trained to listen. And where would communication be if we were all a bunch of speakers? 
talking on top of each other. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> Facebook, anyone? We talk to each other. Do we listen? Communication is a two-way street, but did you know that in public schools, listening is the only form of communication that is not taught? And probably private schools, but public schools is my arena. Yes, we teach speech. Yes, we might even teach rhetoric or debate, but we do not teach listening and the art form. We are in interesting times. There are now new ways to not feel listened to or heard. As I read a while ago, the digital age version of the proverbial tree falling in the woods question is, does something exist if it hasn't been liked? favorited, linked to, or retweeted? Does it even exist? We are desperate to be listened to and to be still and listen. The call is the same as it was to the disciples who were in deep grief. We can't lose that. They were in deep, deep loss and grief. We too have been called, come together, go to Jerusalem, stay there until you get the message. Here's my plug. Go to the Acts groups until you get the message. Be together so you can hear a word together as you discern as disciples. But I believe... We have trouble identifying what's saving our life right now because we're so full, I mentioned being too full, of our own anxieties, our own worries, our to-do lists and schedules, our plans, our losses. I truly believe that there's a direct relationship between being able to be still and hearing God. I mentioned this at the retreat, and I, it was a joy to be at the retreat with y'all, and um, if you missed it, you'll have to ask the retreatants about my own pathologies. I'm not going to share them here. But basically, I shared in short that it wasn't until I did my own inner work that I could begin to hear that brokenness is where spirit breaks in. But I had to sit down, be still, and listen. I love this story. Parker Palmer, he's a writer and author. I'm sure Jason's quoted him. Um, and Andrea, maybe you have too. Okay, well. He's wonderful, and he is still dreaming dreams in his 80s and writing amazing things. And he tells a story of Thich Nhat Hanh, a beautiful beautiful Buddhist soul who shares about Vietnamese refugees who are out on the sea, waves rocking the boat. This was quite an ill-equipped boat, a you know, fairly small fishing boat. 
but enough space. There were people on, multiple people, and their solution was to run around on equal side to cr- distribute the weight to make it be steady in the water. You think that worked? It seems to align with physics, right? Equal distribution on either side, it'll float. But because of their inability to be steadied, finally one calm soul who was sitting said, be still. Everyone sit down. And they followed and didn't sink. We need to listen to that soul that says, be still, sit down, and know, I am the one who will steady you. I am the one that will ground you. After a few more verses in Peter's speech, spirited and The people, it says at the very end, they're almost to the end of two, not quite. It says they listened and were cut to the heart. Cut to the heart. I love that imagery. It's quite visceral. Their hearts were flayed open. They were cut open. But the very act of surgery began beating their hearts again. Those who have ears, let them listen. These these listeners that day from all of Judea and Jerusalem, they recognized a lifeline when they heard one. Do we? Spirits throwing them out like light. Lifesavers? No. Life preservers. There's a preserver here and a preserver there. Throwing them out. Spirit comes to us. Even in this moment, right now, don't miss it. Telling you, whether you're in your later years Hear this word. You will dream dreams. You young people will have visions and bless you for leading the way. To women and men, you've been given a voice. To the oppressed, hear the good news that all are set free. All have been given a life preserver. This is what they heard that day. What do you hear? Or are we hearing impaired? What is saving your life? Amen.